0: Hey, you're listening to the Church League Podcast. So, what does the Little League World Series surfing and Olympic hockey have in common? Well, we're going to let you know. Let's get started. Alright, welcome back to the Church League Podcast. I'm here with James and Corey. What's up, guys? Doing it big? Yeah, man, we're here. Having a great week? Yeah, it's been I good. mean, it's Tuesday, so it's not like there's been a whole lot potentially going on.
1: Um, I'm um, well, well rested. You guys have been getting up early to play basketball.
0: Yeah, um, when, are, when are you going to come join the club again?
1: Um, by the looks of James Ankles, I don't think I'm ever coming. Is that...
0: Uh... It's a bulging ankle bone. It is.
2: I got a funny ankle bone, apparently. I mean, it's
0: not. I mean, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's. it's I've up never there. seen James look self-conscious. and like LA. <laughs> I'm. I'm here for it for sure. Um, he is well dressed, though. He is. So
1: we're both in sweatshirts, and he looks like he should be the preacher in the group.
0: That's fair. So, Full blown. Thank you for representing. Um, all right, so we're going to quickly get into some highlights uh, for the week. Yeah. And uh, I think it has to start with, in my opinion, Chad Henney. And his 98-yard touchdown drive after Mahomes' high ankle sprain. Can
1: we call that Homer Highlight? It pick? is
0: the longest uh, playoff drive in Kansas City history, in playoff history. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, Mahomes, Haney, where are you been on that? Yeah, I don't know what Mahomes is doing, but apparently we should be having Chad Henney on a regular <laughs> basis to get touchdowns from anywhere well, you feel like. That's an interesting
1: conversation. I know that he says he wants to play. Yeah. Andy Reid was like, he looks okay. Right. You could, permit, you may be able to play Chad Henney and still make it to the Super Bowl and rest Mahomes. I'm not saying you're going to do that. That sounds crazy, but right. he's for real. Like I'm a Colts fan, mm-hmm. sign him up. I'll take him as our starter.
0: And we're gonna, we'll get there. I'm, I'm definitely going to talk yeah. more about that when we get into our our pickums for next week. Um, but we have some soccer highlights this week.
1: Sort of. I mean, we're talking about highlights. Mbappe scored five goals. Yeah, and I really wanted to reference that because as a as a soccer. Fan, a sports fan maybe, sure. not a soccer fanatic necessarily. That's um that's a big deal. Yeah, it is. And um, he plays in France mm. and for a team that I can't
0: pronounce their names very
1: well. So when um, you say PSG is PSG, who he plays for, yeah, right? It keeps it
0: Paris Saint Germain or something like yeah. that. Thank you. You're
1: welcome. Um, but I thought that was impressive. And his name Mbappe makes me think about Umbop from the Hansons. And he's one of the he's an honorary Hanson brother.
0: Dude, they, <laughs> how great would that be if they did like a collab, or if
1: Just that was like his
2: walkout song?
0: That would every time he scores a goal, he yeah. played Mbappé five
2: times. Yes, that'd have been sick. Yeah. They, they would have lost the crowd on that one, I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and if
1: you, if you're, I don't know, our listeners in Saudi Arabia, maybe you haven't gotten Mbappé yet. We do have a listener in Saudi Arabia, which I'm excited. We about. do. Um, we do
0: check it out. It's it's a hit that stands the test of time. It is pretty solid. It is. I'm here for that. Uh, James highlight for the week.
2: Highlight of the week is going to George Kittle with his juggling catch in the second half. Yeah, which pretty much kept that game going for the 49ers win. And to be honest, I'd kind of compare that to the Franco Harris catch. It kind of had that feeling. Mm.
0: Ooh, that's a the, big
2: praise. Well, the, the juggling, I mean, and he, if you watch it, like he was seconds away from just getting laid out. Oh yeah. yeah. Juggled it, pulled it in and missed just getting yeah. crushed. Dan Orlovsky was
1: like, he should have got sawed in half by the right. by the safety. You know, it just didn't. They just missed. And that's football these days. You know how many times Dak Prescott wasn't brought down or still got rid of the ball because no one knew how to tackle him?
0: Well, it's difficult now. Hurt. I mean, like, you get you get targeting or you right. get ejected for every little
1: hit, and it's like, ridiculous. The end of that game, in end of the Cowboys game, and I know we don't want to go into it, but... I mean, there should have been a safety, and they just didn't know what to do with him. Right? I can't, I can't put him on the ground. So now, that Kittle catch for me was a huge deal. Brock Purdy said he wasn't even in the progression; he mm-hmm. wasn't even supposed to be looking for Kittle. And Brock Purdy went through his progressions quick enough to find the guy that wasn't even in the play and getting
0: right. the ball. That's impressive. That yeah. is. Well, from a current great tight end to a former great tight end is our low light, which is Shannon Sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, what a trend! Let me tell you that transition worked out well and I didn't even plan it. Did. Um, but I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but Shannon Sharp had an altercation with the Memphis Grizzlies b- entire organization, it feels like at this point. Right. Um, but uh, he's... The the Grizzlies are playing the Lakers. Um, Shannon Sharp is a big LeBron guy. LeBron is a big Shannon Sharp guy. They mm-hmm. have both... LeBron has defended Shannon Sharp through this entire... Post-game, LeBron was like, he's my guy. Right. i ride with him Calls him down. unk. Yeah. Um, but essentially, Shannon Sharp told Dylan Brooks he was too small to guard LeBron, and... Which is not incorrect. It's not incorrect. Yeah. Dylan Brooks is what? Like 6'3", 6'2"? LeBron's 6'8", 6'9". So, um, not that he could guard him if they were the same height anyway. It's not the like,
1: size of the dog in the fight.
0: It's the size of the fight. It's the, the size of the, the guy that's going to hurt you <laughs> no matter what, because right. that's what Dylan Brooks does. Um, but... That that got him and Shannon Sharp and Dylan Brooks into an argument. Then John Morant kind of came in. Then T Morant came in and then Steven Adams came in. And it was this big, this big ordeal. Shannon Sharp got escorted out. Explain for the people who T. Morant is. T. Morant is John Morant's dad.
2: Yes. That's, right. that's what I
0: thought. Just wanted to make sure that it was his dad. Um <laughs> But they um it, it was a big ordeal. People talked about it for a long time. Dylan Brooks came back in the post-game conference and called Shannon Sharp a regular pedestrian. Love it. And that he should never be allowed back at the arena ever again. Shannon Sharp's not a regular pedestrian. Yeah. You can't call him that.
1: But uh, Brooks, if he's gonna hit him where it hurts, he is gonna say, Hey, you have no relevance in this sport. In this sure. arena.
0: Sure. In that and yeah, I, I I get that. I mean and, and I and maybe it even brings up a bigger point as to how fans should be able to interact with um players in general sure um i mean should do i think dylan brooks should be able to have a level of professionalism to know that he's going to get heckled and be able to handle it did i I don't know maybe there's this well
2: does does it even is it even a story if it is a regular pedestrian if it ends like the mouse of the
1: palace like i still have ptsd as a pacers fan oh yeah from ron Artest getting a beer thrown on him and then our entire season playoff hopes in that franchise suffering for for decades because mm-hmm. of that. Right. So I'm all for fans knowing their space mm-hmm. and, and respecting that. I've been in an NBA game before and they're real good about bringing you down the court pregame and yep. letting the kids see everybody warm up and then putting you where you need to be. And these, these um, court side seats that cost a pretty penny. Yeah. They seem to have the freedom to sort of do what they want. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm here for that. Um, and then as a, as a, as a, as a dad or a sports fan that sometimes shows up at kids games or little league baseball, we were talking about a friend of ours, who's an ump who want to bring on, Yeah, you know, man, you could pay me enough to be an umpire at a little league baseball game.
0: Well, I mean, even, I mean, we could, we could talk about being a fan, being a dad, but like, you know, we got three Christians in this room yeah. talking about the idea of, of heckling. And I, and I, and I, I know that this is a, we're treading water very carefully at this point because, I think heckling and trash talk is a part of the game that is somewhat healthy. It, it, it pushes competitiveness and people to want to be better, and I think yeah. that that's good for every sport. Yeah. But I think there is a line that gets crossed, and, and it's, it seems seemingly just different based off of who you're talking to. Like If you're talking to Kevin Garnett, he could care less about what you say to him because right. he's going to talk way more trash right back to you or some yeah. fan says something to him. But then you got individuals like Russell Westbrook who seems to be complaining about somebody in the stands every other game. Every other yeah. game.
1: Well, Dylan Brooks, the whole Memphis organization, that edge of them being the underdog, right. that's part of who they are. So yeah. if you take away that heckling or that ability for him to be able to respond is say, hey, you're just a regular pedestrian in this situation – it 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 makes them less of who they need to be. Yeah, it'll be interesting as they become the team to beat if mm-hmm. they still have that edge. Yeah, but you know, I was talking, um, I was do, doing a sermon, not just talking, uh, a couple of weeks ago about some of the struggles we face in sin in our lives. Yeah. and um, the world presents distractions, our flesh does, and then Satan has different strategies he he imposes right. on people. I think my flesh as a as a competitive individual heckling and making comments where I shouldn't is a challenge for me. Right. And then in sports environments, that's also a safe place to be able to do that and feel okay about it. Mm-hmm. So I have to be really on my on guard whenever I'm in a sports environment, especially a heated sports environment because I know my flesh sort of lends me to saying things that I shouldn't. And I have, I'll confess, I've had to be called out before right. because I've just said things that as a sports fan that naturally seem okay, mm-hmm. but in my place in, in who I am in my, my community, I need to be better. And that's the Shannon Sharp part that I have a problem with. He is he's a competitor. He's a former athlete. But he has a role in community of sports that he needs to be a little bit better and set a better example because he does have a show. He does represent a certain brand. And if he puts himself on the same level as Dylan Brooks, who's not there yet, Even as an athlete, he's lowering his standard, and I think he needs to be better than that.
2: When you you mentioned the show though, between him and Skip, I mean that's all there. That's that's their whole show. It's just sitting there arguing, debating. Yeah,
1: we're not scripted in ours. You know, we were talking um, the other day about do we do we do we do we sort of be more of a a character. And some of these guys, that's all they want to do is sort of bait those conversations and scream about it. Right? Um, We're not there. We can sort of have honest conversations, but. I see the value in that, but I don't think courtside, that's his role. He doesn't need to be that guy.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting conversation that I think doesn't really get talked about much because it is just, oh, it's part of the game. But, and like I said before, I think it is a part of the game and it can be healthy, but I think in this instance it got unhealthy real quick and it became something that it didn't need to be. I think both parties turned it into something to that, that was just too much it was right. over exaggerated um both sides needed to learn hopefully both sides learned from this you know altercation and we move forward but i do think from the memphis grizzlies you're creating a brand that is very similar to the bad boys the from the yeah the, yep. in, it, from the pistons and you've got to be able to handle that yep. because if nothing else that's just fuel to the fire. And, I mean, if he's just a regular pedestrian, you shouldn't care what he says. Well, and
1: it, it is also time for LeBron to have some of that talk back toward him, right? Right. Because as he's sort of aging in his career, that no one's been able to do much about it. Sure. And so now it's time to do something and maybe talk about it. But um, Shannon Sharp, as a friend of LeBron, doesn't help him out. LeBron handled it great. Yeah. But I don't think LeBron needs that on his plate.
2: Well, and I think also though the uh, the media kind of played a part in that as well because I don't think they're not saying anything about the fact that after the game, everybody kind of hashed it out. Yeah, like they're right. just they're pushing the the uh, the aggression and the controversy. The hot they're take. not they're not yeah. talking about how people actually hashed out the situation. Yeah, yeah.
0: which I think. We the current sports generation does a pretty good job at. I mean, and the older generations seem to say that it's oh, everybody's friends and like there is no like edge anymore. Everybody just wants to be buddies. But I would rather see a a healthy competitive. I mean, because it's not like people don't talk trash still. Right. Like Devin Booker probably talks trash almost more than anybody else, and people quietly talk about that. Uh, JJ Redick says, like, and he's had several individuals on his on his podcast that say that Devin Booker maybe talks trash more than anybody else that's not named Joel Embiid. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so there, it's not like that doesn't exist, but I appreciate the fact that something like this could happen and then men can get together and figure it out yeah. and have that conversation.
1: Absolutely. And I was just thinking, in this environment, it's there's officials, or security teams, there's your own handlers. Mm-hmm. It's safe. If they're at Rucker Park or if they're in the streets somewhere, yeah. it's not safe. And I don't know if those comments get made, and if they do, I hopefully people can find ways to sort of hash that out. And they may do a better job on um, on asphalt courts in the middle of New York than we expect, mm-hmm. but I think that's where they need to set a good standard for what the expectations are in those places, too, because not everybody operates by the same rules.
0: Yeah, and so um, I, I appreciate the discussion. I think that's something that at any point we can continue to have. Like That could yeah. be an entire episode if we really wanted Absolutely. it to be, yeah. but... You know, we're talking about Shannon Sharp, you know, that that gives us a good opportunity to transition well into the, the NFL and, and what has happened this weekend. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a good conversation that, um, you know, we had some pickums, and I'm interested to know if that worked out well or not. All right, so the Cowboys-San Francisco game. Dallas-San Francisco, I think it was a matchup that I thought was going to be better than it ended up being. I mean, it was a good matchup, I guess. Like, it was a close game, 19-12. Yeah. Um, I wanted Dak to play better, is what I said last week. He's going to be an average. An average quarterback's not going to be the San Francisco defense. Yep. So um, kudos to San Francisco. I think they were the better team overall. Yeah, um, It was a good game to watch. Yeah, I had um, I had Dallas over
1: San Francisco. I mean, excuse me, I had San Francisco over Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, so all my pickups was interesting when we picked the scores. Um, everyone scored more than I expected right. in these games. But um, but my picks worked out. But, um, but San Francisco, they didn't make mistakes. Yep. So yeah. that was a big deal. Yeah.
2: Well, I think uh, so. I had San Francisco winning that game, and I believe I said that the uh, Dak was going to be Dak being overpaid, and I think that's still, uh, still, still the story. And with Pollard getting hurt, uh, that may have played into it. But yeah. uh, to be honest, I don't think that would have changed the outcome of the game. Man, I feel, I feel sorry for Dallas. Can I say that? Like they
1: have so many big decisions to make. Right. And with Pollard getting hurt and Zeke's contract and Dak, it's just.
0: Here we go again. Well, being America's team doesn't help. You know, you're yeah. always going to have the, the, the spotlight on you. Yeah. Um, the Phillies-Giants game uh, was not fun to watch. I mean, it was a 38-14. It was over quick. It, it was ridiculous. Yeah. 38-7. 38-7. They didn't even score yeah. this? Oh, my goodness. Um, Daniel Jones is who we thought he was. He was close to the bottom of every single one of our quarterback lists, if not the bottom. I think he was potentially the bottom for me.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and Philadelphia looked good on both sides of the ball. Um, especially their defense so I had Philly winning this game I didn't think it was going to be this I didn't think it was going to be that that much of a blowout though.
1: Yeah I had Philly and I had Philly win about three. yeah I thought New York was going to keep I thought their defense was gonna do good and really man hurts looked like there was no rust at all Yeah none they came out strong.
2: Yeah I had Philly as well. Um, I mean New York just couldn't move the ball it looked like um, mm-hmm. it looked, I mean Philly had 26 first downs to New York's 13. jeez. So that's that's Stats, a clear baby. indication right there.
0: Well, Daniel Jones is who we thought he was. Yeah, you know, just this game manager. When he took five sacks too, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, when your offensive line can't keep you safe, I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? Um, the Kansas City Jacksonville game. Um, I mean, we you know we'll talk about the Mahomes high ankle sprain when we talk about what's coming up uh, this coming weekend. But he still looked better than every quarterback in the league with a high ankle sprain. Yeah, that was one of the comments I made. Man, he looked
1: he looked phenomenal. First drive, he looked unstoppable. Yeah. yeah. And
0: then with a high ankle sprain where most players couldn't play, mm-hmm. he still looked better than everybody else. Yeah, it was it was it was really impressive. I had Kansas City winning that game. Except Chad Henney, who's your highlight of the week. Chad Henney, listen, I mean, he could potentially have saved all the momentum for Kansas City. Yeah. Like if he comes in, throws an interception, Jacksonville comes back and scores. I think that may potentially be a completely different game because that then gives Jacksonville confidence. Right. Um you know, I mean, th- at that point, Mahomes was back in the yeah, locker there's room.
1: there's blood in the water. It's yeah. time to attack,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And so I, I think that good for Chad Hennie to keep that momentum going. How come it's not Chad Hennie, like Pinay Pasta? I, he Maybe he's not Italian. Is that yeah. how that – I mean, I, I'm assuming I – I don't know. I don't know. Um,
1: <laughs> now you're never going to be able to hear it. Now it's Chad Hennie
0: for good. the rest of my life. Chad Hennie. Um, Love it. Um, You guys have anything else on Kansas City, Jacksonville? <laughs> <laughs> Corey's um, laughing. That I mean, was it,
2: a close game. I think that uh, he had the red zone fumble by Agnew on that pass. Yeah. yeah. That was huge. That was a big turning point. It was. I mean, the seven-point game, I mean, that's – there's your seven points right there. Yeah. At least yeah. to tie it up, you know. Yeah, they were in a
1: position where they couldn't make a mistake. And yeah. I and mean, they'd they made all
2: their mistakes already So yeah.
1: in the game before. So it was like, hey, let's run a clean game. And you could see it right over Lawrence's face when that happened. and Yeah. I mean, it was barely a catch. There were so many barely a catch or not a catch scenarios mm-hmm. um even in the the Buffalo game there's the the tuck rule sort of it's snowing I made a yeah. comment where we were watching it cuz we had our sort of fantasy into the year fantasy thing and I'm like oh here we go
0: again with the tuck rule but yeah. there were a lot of close calls that could have changed those games. Yeah, yeah and and I Trevor Lawrence still looked good in that game, though. Yeah, like it, it's not like he came out and threw a dud like Dak. It's the hair. It a dude. He's a sunshine baby. Um. All right. So the game that I thought was going to be incredible and ended up being only incredible for Cincinnati, Buffalo, Cincinnati. Cincinnati just looked like they wanted it more. Who day, baby? Burrow looked way better than Josh Allen. Probably could honestly. Trevor Lawrence has now, in my opinion, surpassed him as a playoff quarterback.
1: We were sitting. We were sitting in our um, our event, and I said. Are the Bengals the new Bills? The receivers look right. better, except for they have a better running game than the Bills. Right. Like, can the B- can the Bills get to the Super Bowl through Mahomes or through Burrow? And I don't know if the answer is yes. I think Stephon Diggs will tell you that he's not here to lose, and he's kind of concerned about that. Yeah. He lost it a little bit. I, I, the coach really protected him what, really well and said, hey, he's an emotional player. And he has the right to be emotional, and we're not going to address this right now because I think as time, as he has time to think, his emotions are going to kind of come back down. And you want an emotional guy; most wide receivers are that. Yeah, but uh, but you want that edge. But they look like they were missing the edge for the last three games. Yeah,
0: I don't know if that's a Demar Hamlin thing. I don't know, and I'm not saying that like he's. I don't, I don't know, like. Maybe he was a bigger factor on defense than I wanted to give him credit for.
2: Yeah,
1: we, we were sort of having that conversation. I mean, no one wants to say is it DeMar Hamlin's fault, and that's not what we're saying. Yeah, but the no. emotional toll yeah. that that experience has. And then, you know, they're trying to counsel these players or work through their emotions. It's still impossible to sort of equate what that is taking on you mentally and physically when you go through something like that. And it just looks like that's part of this equation for them, that they just weren't. Weren't able to
0: overcome. Yeah. You know. Um. So, I mean, we you know we talk about what happened this past weekend. Let's just go ahead and start talking about what's going to come up. That's that Kansas City-Cincinnati game that I have been looking forward to all season. I mean, like, this, if there is a game that I want to see, it's I want to see this one because, in my opinion, this is a Super Bowl. Is this game in Atlanta? Better get those refunds. <laughs> <laughs> I do.
1: Joe Burrow is a walking... Um, Soundbite, man. Yeah. I mean, they're asking about his window, and he's like, "The window is as long as I'm playing." Like, yeah. he is confident, and he's showing it. Mm-hmm. He is. is he's three and zero in the last time three times playing Kansas City. Yeah, and so um, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's the new rivalry. I mm-hmm. think it's more of a rivalry than maybe the Bills
0: Kansas City is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely now, you know, I I think that I still think Kansas City is gonna win this game. I Patrick Mahomes with the high ankle sprain obviously plays some sort of factor into that. I guess. Mm-hmm. Are you giving your pick right now? I will. Yeah, sure. Kansas is gonna win this game, and 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 I and I think that it'll be semi close. I think that the snow and the coaching. First off, Buffalo got out coached significantly on the off like. The Cincinnati offensive coordinator annihilated Buffalo's defense consistently. Yeah. Um, And a phenomenal game plan in the snow, short, quick throws. They had three new starters on their offensive line, Cincinnati did. I think that gets exposed to Kansas City. Um, And I have Kansas City winning 35-27. I think the offenses do well to an extent, but I think Kansas City gets a couple key stops that Cincinnati is not able to get.
1: Hmm. You know, you talk about coaching. It's not really fair. And I'm sure these coaches are professionals, but you know, Wing Martindale, the coach, the defensive coach of yeah. the Bills, he's, he's being brought up as head coaching things. These guys got a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things. And I know that's not part of it, but mm-hmm. it is a factor uh, for sure. There's a lot of pressure on these guys. Uh, for me, I, I've got the Bengals 28-20 over the Chiefs. Mm, okay. Um, I just I feel like they're hot right now. Their defense looks good. What, what I was worried about the Bengals last year, was their offensive line, and they've been protecting Joe Burrow. The Bills didn't touch him, and I think sure. I don't know if Chiefs have a better a better rush or a better um, better solution. So um, I've got the Bills twenty eight twenty, and that uh, the Bengals, excuse me, twenty eight twenty, and that is me being a, a secondary Bengals fan. Like it's kind of a homer pick. You know, sure. I'm a Colts Bengals fan, but um, I mean, I'm a homer pick for it. Who day, baby! Wins, so. It's time. I
0: think I I've, I've got the Bengals going all the way. Oh. But like that's that. this week. That's not a bad pick, that's though. That's this week. I mean, the reality is I think that this is the Super Bowl. I, I mean, I think that whoever wins this game wins the Super Bowl.
1: Mm, that's, that's I don't know.
0: I mean, the other two teams are phenomenal as well. But Well, and I'm going to talk about that when, sure. we, when we pick our next one. All right. but, uh, so
2: I don't really have a dog in the fight here, but I do have the Bengals 34-31 over the Chiefs. Mm. And I think this could go either way. I, mostly, I think, it depends on Mahomes' uh, health. Yeah. You know, if, if he comes back and looks pretty good, he's going to be hard to beat, but... I mean the Bengals—they're hot right now, and it's—I'm just rooting for a good game, really. It's yeah. a factor of mine too, Mahomes' health.
0: Yeah, sure, it has to be. I mean, yeah. like, I mean high ankle sprain—he could barely hand the ball off. Yeah, it's I just, mean that's the same injury that Pollard
1: had, minus a broken leg. Right. I mean it's the same hit. It's the it looked yeah. gruesome. Yeah.
0: So, I mean he's tough. Mahomes is just built Mahomes, different. I don't know what you want to tell you. Um, is. so the San Francisco Philly game. Um. I, I mean, I think this is going to be a decent game. I think Philly is just – their defense is too good for Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy looked like an Alabama quarterback. I know that he wasn't. But, I mean, he looked like, I'm just going to manage this game, and that's all I need to do. And that's all he's really had to do. Mm-hmm. But, like, he did nothing special. Yet again, he doesn't have to do anything special. But against this Philly defense, he's going to have to make some plays. Right. And he can't go – no touchdown. He can't throw – he can't he – can't, I don't think he can win this game and not throw a touchdown or run for a touchdown or do something spectacular. I mean, we're talking about a team that had 70, 70 sacks in the regular season. Um, Philly is just too good on the defensive side, and they have too good of a quarterback for Brock to just manage.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so I have Philly winning this game, and I honestly don't even have it really that close, 31-14.
1: I want Philly to win. I'm a Jalen Hurts fan. Sure. Um, I, I appreciate his character in some of the transitions where he's been the guy, not been the guy. You talk about Alabama and you referencing Brock Purdy being what it looks like an Alabama quarterback, it makes sense because they're in they're in the final four. Like that's what Alabama does. Yeah, they years. run the
0: ball and have a great defensive and, and offensive and they, line. And they are successful, right? Which is so what you need in college. He's football.
1: in a he's in a situation where his team is gonna be successful no matter Garoppolo would be in this situation. Right, exactly. I don't know if I don't know if Trey um, Trey Lance. Trey Lance would be in this situation necessarily. No but um but i've got the I've got the eagles twenty four nineteen and I was looking at the over under mm-hmm. and um trying to figure out where these points are going to come from, so uh, I think I had like twenty three or twenty four thirteen or something that had a couple of field goals I think 49ers may get a defensive touchdown we'll keep over under it's possible i, I think uh 44 or 45 or something like that I think they were both pretty similar, yeah, okay. um, but um, I think the 49ers might get some defensive help. Mm-hmm. Or maybe a special teams situation that keeps it close, but I think they're. I think both of these games are going to be within a score at the end. Mm. They're they're both they're I both mean, it's, pick-ems it's when it comes football, to it. They're so both like, yeah. pre- pre- pretty much coin flips. Yeah, um, Eagles are their projected favorite, mm-hmm. but uh, but both of these defense, 49ers and the Eagles, are phenomenal. Yeah, a phenomenal getting pressure on the quarterback, and I think that's the difference because I think Hurts is going to be able to handle that pressure, being yeah. able to run absolutely, be able to make the right play. Where Brock is, he looked a little frazzled, made some 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 questionable calls when he had to kind of run for his life a little bit last week. Yeah, and he got away with it. Where Dak didn't. No, he did not. Yeah,
2: I think the flash in the pan is going to continue. I have a uh, the Niners 27-21 over the Eagles. Oh man, that's, that's why think, we love you, James. I think that team they're 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 feeling it right now, and yeah. I, I hope they go all the way. I mean,
0: their defense. You know, I their defense. I think. I mean I say the quarterbacks are are the key to the game and and I and I believe that but I think San Francisco has the ability on the defensive side of the ball to like really do a lot of damage. Yeah.
2: You start putting some pressure on Hurts, you know, that's when well, you start testing right. that injury too.
0: I mean he gets yeah. I mean he gets hit if he gets hit a few times, what's that shoulder feel like and yeah. look like, you know. He came
1: back after that sh- shoulder injury in that game and and looked good. He did. So I think I think everybody's worked up that shoulder injury a little mm-hmm. more than it is. The, the, we talk about these defenses. 49ers has an, a Pro Bowl offense. They do. They've got one of the best tight ends, one of the best running backs, a couple of top-tier wide receivers, maybe not a not number one necessarily, like a Diggs or a Chase or an Adams yeah. or a Jefferson, but they've got, they've got guys on the offense. So it is tough to pick against them, but for some reason – um, man, the whole year the Eagles have just looked better, and the eye test tells me, man, it, it's hard to pick against that. As well, well,
0: and what they've done offensively with Christian McCaffrey has been so interesting because Elijah Mitchell ran the ball like seven more times or six more times than Christian McCaffrey did in this past game. But like Christian McCaffrey had eight targets.
2: He also ran it a little too much that one time when he could have killed that clock. Sure, that last sure, Went right. Out of
1: bounds, man. That's a that's crazy. That one play, I'm I'm watching that thinking, man, that could change the, the Absolutely. outcome of this game.
0: Yeah, but I think it's going be a great weekend
1: of football. I, mean. I think, too, both of the Eagles and the 49ers organization, their GMs have made excellent moves to mm-hmm. put them in these positions that they're in. Yeah. And I think that's – it's not just – you know, Mahomes is great and he's carrying that franchise, but the, the, the late trades for the 49ers, the off-season moves for the Eagles – it's, that's impressive, and then I think that's underrated at times, the front
0: office moves. Yeah. Right, and so regardless, it's gonna, I'm going to be watching it. It's going to be good Good sports to watch, good, good football to watch. I'm transitioning into our draft. I'll tell you, I am going to miss, when
1: we watch it, Carson Ross not being in an apron.
0: That was a great time. We had a great time. For for
1: our listeners that maybe don't understand, Carson Ross is one of the guys in our fantasy league. He finished last in our league. Ironically, the Ironically, another league that not to be named brought their trophy, and he finished first in that league. So I don't know what's going on. That uh, Their first and second pick... First, or second place in the other league finished almost last in our league. But Carson had to wear the apron. He served our food and he put the vanity plate on yeah, he Fantasy did. Football Loser right on his vehicle. Yep, he handled it like a champ,
0: and yeah. I'm, I'm here for him. Yeah, he, it was. Thank you, Carson. Mad props. I appreciate that. He served with a smile. <laughs> um, but we're gonna get into our draft portion, and we're tonight, today, tonight. It's not tonight. It's 11:50 a.m. Um, we're gonna draft our top five. Sports to watch. Sports to watch. Um, and I get to go first this week. Corey you get to follow me up. James you get to be last. Um, and this one was the most difficult one for me to put together. Are these in general or specific? Like you can be as specific as you want. I think. Okay. I, I've, I mean, it's. I mean, if you just want to say tennis or you just want to say football or whatever, you can. But like that doesn't. T- that doesn't rule out. Being more specific, yeah, I think. Yeah, so that was
1: the question. If you say tennis, does that take away specific tennis events for me? No, absolutely not. Okay.
0: No, no, no. Um, but like you, then you can't just say tennis. You okay. have to be specific. Okay. Um, and I should probably start this off in something that I watch every year without... And this is going to be probably... This is a homer pick, which is fine or whatever, but the Iron Bowl. Um, the Alabama-Auburn... Um, rivalry football game is good almost every year. Obviously, there are years where there's a blowout. It happens, mm-hmm. but like that game, regardless of rank, is normally closer than it than it probably should be. I'm a huge Auburn fan. My dad refuses to watch this game with me anymore because I'm obnoxious. You're the, you're the worst. I love, I love watching the Iron Bowl every year. That's an
2: interesting okay. first pick there.
1: It is. It's a very um, That is a homer first pick. I'm glad you made it because I'm going to take one off of your board because you did that. That's fine. Um, I do think, put a pin in that, best sports rivalries top five is coming. Sure. Like we've got some this oh, yeah, this definitely. list is going to expose or going to give us a preview of some some episodes coming from this podcast because there's some great things to talk about. Yeah. My number 1 is the Little League World Series.
0: <sighs> yeah. That was on my list for Take sure. Take it off
1: your list because that one, I mean, it's competitive. Yeah. It's it's fun to watch because I don't have a team that I'm like you know, necessarily Homer connected to or whatever. Now I'll cheer for the Indiana squad or for the Midwest squad or whatever every year, and then I cheer for the American team over the world teams, and maybe that's, I mean, that's being Homer or whatever. But the stories behind it, the players, and I—I I played um, Babe Ruth baseball, which is like little league baseball growing up, mm-hmm. and it meant the world to me. So I—I'm reliving my childhood. I don't know last year, this last year, the three of us talked about. Hey, we going to Little League World Series? My kids want to go. We yeah. were we were sort of starting the planning next year. We
2: got to make it happen. Little League World Series, yeah. top of the list for me. That's a, that's a good pick. Uh, my first pick is going to go to March Madness. Ooh. Oh yeah, can't. That is that's a, just a great time of year. Yeah. I mean, the, even like the opening round, which got to go to for the first time last year, which was fantastic. I mean, oh, just yeah. seeing it in person and just the all the different. Uh, schools it's just it's it's awesome that opening round is
1: i think one of the best ones to go to it is we did it when i was a kid in the the rca dome the old hoosier dome before lucas oil or before um we they you know changed the the facilities there but um you got to see so many different players and so many different squads and it was just it was exciting man
2: Well, to see some of those small schools match up against some of these powerhouses and i mean during the tournament there's an opportunity for just anybody to win i mean you make a run you hit the Hit shots when you're supposed to hit shots, and you got a chance.
1: March Madness. I almost got suspended in high school because of March Madness.
2: <laughs> Assuming we were watching <laughs> no, your the car, we were watching
1: the car. Me and there it in. is. Yep, we got busted, and then they understood. I mean, it's Indiana man, right?
0: You got to um, pass. All right, so mm. <laughs> uh, it's tough because, like, I kind of know what some of these guys have put down, and they're also on my list. Yeah. And, like, do I want to take it? Do I not want to take it? Um, I'm going to go with the, um, I'm going to go with a tennis pick. I'm gonna go with the U.S. Open. Ooh. Um, one of the, one of the slams, I think the crowd is incredible at the U.S. Open. It's obviously you got Americans in there. and People are going nuts. I love the fact that like players can wear, you know, whatever they want. It's wild and outrageous. And, you know, the fans really seem to get behind it. It's funny even watching it, you know, just on TV, especially when, you know, you got, you know juggernauts playing each other, and it's and it's just. I mean, it's it's it's. I could watch every single match. I'm currently watching the Australian Open regularly, but like it's it's even more. It's even more hyped for me when it's the U.S. Open,
1: right? Well, last year's U.S. Open was special. Serena, yeah, it made it it made it such a big deal, and um, and I thought it was it was kind of funny they had that video montage to sort of end because this might be her last time and they had to replay that thing like yeah. three or four oh times. Oh my goodness that was rough. <laughs> you say juggernauts I'll say one thing about tennis right now with the Australian Open that is kind of disappointing for me it's so many of the players that I, I usually cheer for the matchups that I look for mm-hmm. aren't there because of injury or upsets Right. and right now the field is wide open Yeah. and we were talking about maybe it's time for US tennis to well, finally shine.
0: Guaranteed to have one in the semifinal. Yeah. Um, Sebastian Corda beat Medvedev which is a Big deal. Um, and, you know, I think he also has a pretty good chance. Uh, I think he's playing Karen Hashinov, which mm-hmm. gives him a chance to really win that matchup, too. Not that it's going to be easy, but like to see two Americans in a semifinal in the Australian Open would be incredible. And it hasn't been done in I don't know how long.
2: And If you can't beat a man named Karen, I don't know what you can do.
0: And this—he this, is Russian, so like
2: <laughs> mm. this sounds like a foreign language to me right now. But our, so I do know that these games come <laughs> on, these matches, excuse me, come on very early. Are you guys recording this, or is this are you? W- waking oh no, up at I, three watched the, in the I watched I watch some
0: of them live for sure. Wow. Like, and they also inti- like, so like when Nadal played, yeah. that matchup was intentionally geared toward. It was like 7 p.m. Eastern sh- time. Oh, they'll shift. So it, it was, yeah. yeah they sh- they shift time because they know. That the majority of their audience is probably coming from the United States, yeah. um, though Europe dominates tennis. We watch it more.
1: Yeah, it's a good point, James, because that takes some of the appeal away from this the Australian Open in particular. It does, yeah. Because if I'm not, um, if I'm not really intentional about not uh, looking, then I'll know who won and I won't want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's why some of the timing of how it's it's broadcast is important. All right, my my number two pick, it's the Masters. Yep. Oh dude I mean you, you guys let me get my two favorite ones. Well that's what
0: way. I was I thought about going with it but I was like I actually like watching the US Open more the than Masters. Masters. And I mean
1: the the Phoenix Waste Open, management Open may be on someone's list. Um it's yeah. but the Masters to me is man it's the it's the landscaping, it's it's everything. Mm-hmm. It's the announcers, it's the lead in. Yeah, it is yeah. just iconic and there aren't a lot of events March Madness is one of those that was my second on my list. Um, that I will mark the calendar, and I will, I will empty my schedule. And I'll have my phone on it, and I'll have the TV on it. But Thursday to Sunday, Masters, I'm paying attention to it, and I'm yep. watching it. And, and golf doesn't get me like that on every event, for, for, but for some reason, the Masters does, and I love
0: it. I love it. It's I'm going to give you guys a really random fact that I don't know why I know that, but a, a doctor... Um, A very specific doctor went went to a church um, that I went to when I was in Tennessee, and he said there are two times in the year when guys go in to get snipped more than any other times and it's right before March Madness and right before the Masters. Snipped is just that the so vasectomy. Get that couch time, so they get to sit and not have to do anything else and watch the Masters.
1: That's an or, outpatient, or you could be at work that day.
0: Uh, well, there is, there is. Let's
2: keep you, that you, a secret so, get, so all those guys can have that. They played as that excuse. up because when my procedure happened, I was coaching little league baseball the next day. So, <laughs> man well, up, guys. I don't I know, know, just, just add, The
1: new, the new vasectomy for guys is now saying I have COVID. Yeah, right. <laughs> it gives you at least is, five built-in much. days to do nothing yes.
2: but sit in a room. Been locked in there by yourself. Fair.
1: What are you doing in there? Are you watching golf?
2: <laughs> no, I'm uh, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> yeah, I can I'm gonna piggyback off that a little bit. I just have to make a point for the Derby because I was on or not the Derby. Uh oh. Spoiler alert. Whoop. Um, the Masters for me, it's just it's that time of year. Like it's late spring, kind yeah. of you get in summer. It's just a feeling of like mm-hmm. you know summers on the on the come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but my pick is going to the College World Series. Yeah. It is good. You don't get to see much college baseball throughout the year just because yeah. it's not televised as much, and I don't have yeah. all the eighteen ESPNs to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but when it's on, it's it's good stuff. And we get a uh, I got a couple boys that are in baseball, so it's kind of right during the time where they're hot and heavy in their season. So it uh it's it's good. I respect that you picked that over the World
1: Series. I, you know, one thing about college World Series is I still don't understand necessarily the seeding and the regionals and how it all works. But the fact that Cal State Fullerton and some of these teams who are predominantly the best teams can get be in a small market necessarily and be yeah be there is it's that's awesome. I love that they get the right
0: teams there. Yeah, I remember growing up, it was rice. That their their program was just
2: yeah, dominant. yeah. yeah.
1: vanderbilt's been good louisville, louisville louisville's been really good and yeah. it's been
0: neat to watch uh, some jeffersonville new
1: albany kids from southern indiana mm-hmm. had been on that team nolan Fertig played with some of those guys growing up so yep. it's kind of neat to see that's a nolan Fertig shout out by the way what up nolan
0: <laughs> um all right so my third pick i'm gonna go with olympic hockey Ooh. and it can be men's or women's if i'm being honest but like there, there seems to be, and I, and I like, I like watching the NHL. You know, the playoffs, whatever the Stanley Cup is, it, which we'll talk about at some point. Top five best trophies, um, Stanley Cup's got to be up there. Um, but Olympic hockey has this feel. It really seems like, um, hockey players care about the country that they were born in, and there is this patriotism that is just goes even that it like it even transcends their their NHL. Um, the things that they, that they care about in the NHL, and so it just it goes up a level. You see, yeah. you see high level hockey at the Olympic level, and people care. Um, and it's, and I mean, and, and hockey fans are passionate.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I mean, and which could bring me to another pick as well. But like I, I don't know. I've watched the Olympic hockey, and I watch it almost every time it's on.
1: Hockey fans are. They're psychotic with their fandom, and I love it. Yeah. The Stanley Cup is a unique sort of scenario, and to see it travel and stuff. I haven't got on board with it yet because I haven't seen it live. So I'm still, um, mm-hmm. there's a there's a pick out there that I saw live this year that I'm like having new respect for. And I'm going to kind of keep a secret until if I oh, get it or not. All right. But well, what I've noticed is we forgot to snake on this. So I. I
2: oh, yeah, we uh, did. So <laughs> we're just so going to keep going. What, we're going to keep going
1: because it yeah. would be against the rules to go back. But yeah. uh, I'm picking, um, oh, man. Um, I'm going to kind of pick, I'm going to pick a, a sort of an overall genre of sports, and it's winter games. You said hockey. Okay. Um, I love hockey as part of the Winter Olympics. And as far as Olympic sports, I like winter over summer because there's so many things that are new to me yep. and it's intriguing to watch. Now, I want the U.S. to be better at winter games, and it's always weird to explain to my kids why the Dutch or Norway or all these different countries are so much more dominant than we are. And it's like the sports are it's, just. It's not winter enough here. It's not winter <laughs> enough here. Yeah, right. But it's something about it is just, it feels more Olympic to me. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. And I secretly hope my son, Harrison, my oldest, was born in the Dominican Republic. He has dual citizenship. I'm hoping that he learns to ski well enough to be on the Dominican That'd ski team. That'd be so cool.
2: Then <laughs> go to the Olympics. The bo- bobsled team? Yeah, maybe. The Dominican <laughs> bobsled team. Hey. Not Jamaican. Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings. What a movie. So um,
1: Winter Olympics. That's my third pick. All right, James, third pick.
2: Third pick for me is going to the Kentucky Derby. That's solid. Thank the you. The most exciting two minutes of sports. Definitely. I've got a couple of homer picks. That was one of them I was hoping someone would take, so I didn't have to use my homer pick for that. But. Right. <laughs> Don't try to uh, use the restroom or anything and get some food while the Derby's about to play, because you might miss it. You hey, probably will. We, Where I'm from, southern Indiana, Louisville area, you mark your
1: calendar by the Kentucky Derby. The um, the They have a fireworks. The, the Thunder over Louisville is the, the largest fireworks presentation yep. in the United States. It happens every year to kick off the Derby season. Yeah, and it's it's incredible, right? But the Derby itself, I've never missed it. We would pick horses in elementary school, and we would people people they let teachers out for Oaks Day, which is leading up to the Derby. It's the Mint Juleps. It's all the famous people. It is the biggest deal in that area for sure, and it is an economic boom for whiskey, for bourbon, for Mm -hmm. those those restaurants in that community. Without the Derby, um, Kentucky's
0: not the same. Uh, I completely agree. Um, fourth pick. I'm gonna. This is a this is a homer pick and also incredibly specific. But Kentucky high school playoff basketball. Mm, um, as someone who has been to many wow. of those, because when I was in high school, the the playoffs were. Well, I had a, we had a good high school team, boys and girls, mm-hmm. and I mean the atmosphere is outrageous. You know, the student sections are crazy and they got all these antics and things the cheers that they do they're super cool but like it's it's amazing to watch collegiate stadiums it's amazing to watch the yum center get filled for high school basketball and people are losing their minds when the games are close and it's you know i mean man it was such like that's that's an experience i will genuinely never forget and, and it was and it was girls high school basketball they made it to the finals lost by 2. It was heartbreaking, but like that atmosphere was I mean just I mean you know I when I found, when I moved to Texas and I found out that the band didn't travel with the basketball team, I was like, "Excuse me?" Well, I was so confused. Because the culture is obviously very different. People care. I mean, and you know, being yeah. from Indiana, you know that like you know, Indiana, Kentucky is it's a big. Those are big basketball states.
1: No, these are fighting words. Not not, and you're not choosing Kentucky over Indiana. I think right. that that region of the country sure. and high school sports, high school basketball in particular, it is just different. Yeah, the stadiums, the 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 venues for for high school sports, high school basketball. In Indiana are totally different than anywhere in the world. I would say it's comparable. You mentioned Texas and the band not traveling. I think it's Mm -hmm. comparable to Friday Night Lights. Oh, yeah. Texas high school football. um, And that's Kentucky, Indiana basketball are that same feel. So if you're trying to explain to someone from Texas why high school basketball is so important, say, hey, just watch your Friday nights, and and that's what it's like in basketball season. Yeah. Uh, Corey, fourth pick. Fourth pick. Oh, man. Fourth pick, I'm going with NASCAR. Now, I haven't been a huge...
2: (sighs) James I haven't Johnson. been a huge NASCAR <laughs> fan.
1: I was a Dale Earnhardt, right? You guys can see the disappointment on James' face. I was a Dale Earnhardt senior fan, yeah. for sure.
2: The Intimidator. Um, yes,
1: The Intimidator. Remember where I was at um, when it happened? Absolutely. And then my wife works for a, a company that does vacation planning, mm-hmm. ma- Magical Vacation Planner, and they sponsor Chase Briscoe, who's from Mitchell, Indiana, like where we're from. Oh. The, the, we're Spring Mill, the Bible Camp. I know right? nothing about NASCAR, so you could talk to James about this. Sure. I, mean, I don't know anything. But we, we were able to go and watch um, at Richmond here in Virginia, you get to watch um, the race, and we got to go down in the pits. We got to go into the, the car hauler. We got to meet That's Chase. Cool. He was an incredible Christian man. And I mean, we talk about um, handling yourself in sports. Um, there were other drivers not to be mentioned who didn't, didn't really have time of the day for the kids that were standing around. Right. He was making an effort. The, it was a physical feeling that I can't explain. And that's why I, where NASCAR wouldn't have been on my list, experiencing it live changed me. Mm-hmm. Where I think it would change me for hockey. Yeah. Where I don't have a ne- necessarily a big respect for hockey right now because I haven't experienced it live. NASCAR live is a different world, and the fans. If you like to people watch, <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. cracked oh, for yeah. that. They are there are some characters unbelievable. They all had their like little hand signals and things that they were doing that were trying to put the juju on the other drivers. They're screaming yep. at them like they could actually hear them from the car. It was a beautiful. Watch yeah. America. I baby. think I've
2: been that guy before. <laughs> I'm still waiting on the cologne, the NASCAR cologne to come out. The smell of racing fuel and rubber. Oh my god! Doesn't gosh. get much better than that. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, I don't know anything about NASCAR, <laughs> so James, go ahead.
2: Uh, my fourth pick is going to the World Series.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's a Classic. Yeah. I mean, just to wrap up the MLB season, I mean, it's typically a pretty good matchup, and, uh, I mean, just baseball in general. Do you have a World Series, real quick, do you have a World Series moment that when, when someone says World Series you think of?
0: Yeah, David Freeze hitting a home run to beat the Rangers in Game so, 6. All so, right, so a St. Louis fan, for sure, right? Right, well, it's arguably one of the greatest World Series of all yeah, time, okay.
1: so... Um, for me, it was it was Braves Pirates back in the day mm-hmm. with the the Atlanta Braves and the, and the, um, the Barry Bonds and the Pirates and the, there was just yeah Sid Bream and a lot of those it was just incredible and some of it is the announcer. some of it is the venue but um, for some reason I'm not a fan ne- necessarily either one of those teams I'm a Reds fan yeah but uh, but those those was, I just remember
2: yeah.
0: Um, all right, so my last pick, and I honestly can't believe I'm saying this because I've left out several that I've had on my list, but the World Cup final. Yeah? Um, I'm not a giant soccer guy, but what, or football guy, whatever you want to call it, I, what I have noticed is it doesn't matter how big of a fan I am, I will watch that every time. Like, I will watch games from the World Cup, whether the, the, the U.S. is playing in it or not. Obviously, Messi this year was a big draw to watch that. But that the fact that I want to watch that every time means it has to be on my list. I, I could watch no soccer for three years. The World Cup comes on, boom, I'm watching
2: yeah. it. You get bandwagon soccer fans everywhere.
0: Yeah, and, and, like, and I will willingly be a bandwagon soccer fan, Absolutely. but I will watch it every time. Yeah. So, like... It's, it's crazy that I'll miss games in the World Series if I'm busy or something happens, or the NBA Finals, or, you know, like, it, those things I will miss. And, and maybe because it's only a one game, like, the final itself, it's one game. Yeah. And you miss it, you you don't get anything else. Like, it, it, I could say, you know, Game 7 of the World Series, or Game 7, you know, like, and maybe that's more specific, but, like, the fact that I watch it every year, regardless of how much soccer I've watched, seems to be... The, that they, it has to be something huge.
2: Well, and I think they need to uh, change the time as well. Because this previous time we had to actually record it because it's on during church. Oh yeah. So I like, turned my phone off to make sure there was no updates, so it didn't get ruined. And we literally sat down and watched the whole thing. I want you to know we, that I see it. I was
0: getting updates during Corey's
1: sermon. Yeah. I <laughs> I gave permission. I watched it. I was like, hey, you can watch this one. Well, we should have had it on in the, in
0: I, the welcome well, center. Well, the reality is, I left because I got too excited on the first goal that I went to the welcome center and I'm watching <laughs> it, and so is Matthew Crawford. And so, sorry, hey Matt, um, <laughs> that we're both watching it and like cheering at the same time is ridiculous. If
1: it's going on, but the the sermon is what you're hearing, then I think it's fine.
0: I left when Tiger Woods won the Masters, this last Masters, I left in the middle of service to go watch it in my car. it yeah. so before or I, after communion? And then I cried.
1: Well, Roman, I'm disappointed <laughs> um, that you didn't mention pickleball, because you are a, prof- a pickleball professional. That was going to be an... <sighs> I'm going to give you the opportunity to give a 30 seconds
0: of what pickleball okay, I lo- should,
1: should eventually be on our list. Pickleball
0: should eventually be on the list, and I think it will be because it eventually is going to become an Olympic sport. It's on a, it'll be a trial this coming year in this or this coming summer games. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I watch pickleball on like too often. I watch it on a regular basis. I enjoy it, but it's I still don't have the excitement that I get from these other sports when I watch it, and maybe it's because I play it at the level of the people sort of at the level of the people that I watch mm-hmm. and so maybe it's different yeah. um, but if you've never watched Pickleball go to YouTube just type in Pickle- like. Any just type in pickleball in general, you're gonna get you're gonna get some professionals playing and watch how the game should be played, and it's impressive.
1: I think pickleball right now it's everywhere,
0: and you're not noticing it. And then when you notice, you can't stop seeing it. It's it like is. those
1: Camp Lejeune commercials. Oh yeah, you're not paying attention, then suddenly they're everywhere, and then you can't unsee it. That's oh, yeah. what pickleball is right now. It is with, without all the side effects of cancer. It is the fastest
0: growing sport <laughs> in America and the second fastest growing sport in the world. Yeah. Wow. Um So it is. I mean, it's impressive, and, and I think that it, eventually it'll be on somebody's list. We
1: need to do a weekly weekly pickleball update from Roman just real quick. That way we can keep it going. I'm here for that. Why not? All right. My last pick, um, and I'm going to leave out the Indy 500 because it is a homer pick. I'm going to leave it out. All right. Um, because I have enough respect. I need to put credit where credit is due. NFL football. Okay. And, and here's why. I have fan, I have teams that I cheer for. It's competitive, and it's highly competitive. Yeah. And I will watch any game mm-hmm. on a Thursday night, Dude Perfect cast, yeah. Manning cast. It doesn't matter what you put out there, the quality of it. I will find myself watching it every time. Yeah. And NFL football, it is the standard by which everyone else is trying to get as far as ratings and exposure and all those things. So NFL football, it has to be on the list somewhere. So I'm putting it in my number five. Yeah. But it is, it is one that I always – always look forward to watching. And fantasy football, in particular, has changed the respect that I have for football. Maybe I would watch football sometimes to fall asleep on Sundays after a long sermon, right? But now, I can't do that because I have to watch the game, check the game that's on the other channel, and my phone to make sure that I'm catching up to Roman on points.
2: Fair. There you go. Uh, My last pick is going to go to Surfing. So this is, uh, I'm going to go ahead and leave you guys out of this, because I'm sure you don't have much yeah, to say Yeah, I was going to say, gonna say yeah, I know, what's that one but guy? recently I'm is a here Kelly, was, is it Kelly? Kelly uh, Slater. Kelly Slater. The goat. It's the only one I know. Was he yeah. say by the
0: bell? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's your sister. You're, you're
2: putting characters together, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which actually is an Olympic sport now, so there's that. That's, That's cool. Uh, world recognition. But uh, for me, it's just uh, living here at the beach. Um, I picked up the sport pretty late. I'm still not great at it, but just being in the water and around the water is pretty, uh, pretty special to me. It's uh, you know, it just gives you a different feeling. Yeah. And watching what these guys do and the waves that they surf, it's just it's intense. Is right. these guys
1: is that a, a a statement like I say from Indiana where you refer to everybody as used guys or are you talking about the men in sport?
2: Anybody that's surfing, okay, because in these events, I mean, men and women. The women are coming up right. too.
1: Yeah, Bethany Hamilton. Yeah, she's the one go. that lost the arm yeah. in the in the shark incident. Yeah. Uh, what was the? There was a movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they oh, did a movie. Uh, I know what you're talking about. But
2: yes, it's, it's Drawing a Blank. We watch it every once in a while at the house. Is it called yeah. Drawing a Blank? No, it's not called. Oh, no, okay. I don't. I thought. But anyways, no. Oh, no. Um, there's some Soul
1: Surfer. Soul Surfer. Yes, that's yes. right. Um, so my kids are got kind of excited about surfing for a while. They bought the little skim boards. Even after watching that? No, yeah, <laughs> right? Kids are sick, right? Ooh. And then we got, oh, the, we got the skim boards to try to check it out, and we've used those more on snow in Virginia Beach than we have in the water. Which that is probably a good something. idea, because
2: you will end up with some broken forearms with some uh, <laughs> skim boards.
0: Yeah. Um, well, this was, I always enjoy our drafts. I think that's probably, it's not my f- necessarily my favorite part of the podcast, but like I enjoy that we do them, and I get pretty solid feedback from them. Um, I think
2: we can go on for hours,
0: too. We probably course. could, and but we're not going to do that to you guys. We're actually um, just going to go ahead and wrap up. I, I think that there's going to be great football to watch this weekend. I think that um, it'd be, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, the relationship between Shannon Sharp and any of those Memphis Grizzlies and see if there's any more, anything else that comes from that. Uh, I'm... I'm excited to continue to watch the Australian Open. Can't wait for the U.S. Open. And I'll talk about Pickleball a little bit more often.
1: Hey, I think what this top five list for us has done is revealed that we have some really good episodes coming up. March Madness is coming. Absolutely. So when we talk about that number two on the list for some of us, mm-hmm. um, you're going to have some really exciting games. Um, Indiana is actually learning how to play basketball again, which is exciting. There is a there's a story right now, specifically with college basketball, that I don't want to leave out because I'm afraid we're going to miss it. Um, Antoine Davis, um, Detroit Mercy Titans. That's Mike Davis's son. Mike Davis was the coach last time Indiana made it to the final game in the Final Four. Um, He is 393 more points away from beating um, from passing um, Pistol Pete Maravich on all time college points scored. So I think there's, a, there's an episode there about, right. hey, does the extra year of COVID, is that fair or not? But pay it's, attention. If you haven't looked yet, Antoine Davis, that's um, Detroit Mercy Titans. Watch the countdown of his total points for this
0: year. See if he can pass Pete Maravich. That's a big story in college, college basketball. Okay.
2: Really yeah. Good.
0: That'd be sweet. Hey, maybe we just do 393 more episodes just to commemorate his potential. <laughs> we do. Let's, uh, yeah. When we hit three hundred ninety-three,
1: well, when we hit uh, the the however many thousand, the 3,668 that he needs to pass him. Yeah, that's a lot of episodes. I'm here for it though. We need to see if they play anybody locally because they're in an obscure conference. And maybe we
0: can catch a game. Yeah, get a little sound, maybe a local little, little sound college, bite for yeah. the little sound bite for the episode. That'd be yeah, sweet. Be awesome. All right. Well, hey, thank you guys for joining us this week. Look forward to being with you guys next week. Have a good one.